Go for it. So welcome to, well, season two of the Badger Watch podcast, um, where we play the fancy game cricket11.com and also discuss everything to do with the county championship. Um, We have Chev, as I go on my screen, Chev to the left, then we have Howard, um, and we've got Hugh as well. How are we doing, guys? Um, Hugh, do you want to go first? How was your winter? My winter was fine. I I think I'm on better form than you are. I think for everyone else, they should realise it's Alex is calling from uh, Brisbane and it's five o'clock in the morning. So for our eight o'clock on a Monday night, it's uh, comparatively better. <laughs> yes. Good, good. And Chev, how are you? Uh, all good. Uh, ready to go for a second season of trading early on. Uh, so I'm looking forward to go through uh, the ups and downs of round one today. <laughs> and how is your recording from a shares long? Is that those we're not we're not a podcast that streams in video yet but when we are i'll, I'll return to the shows launch because people are missing out on a treat right <laughs> and it is a beauty and possibly the first podcast ever recorded from one i would speculate would you describe it as lancashire lightning red <laughs> it truly is yeah yeah love that pains me to admit it very good. Well, there was a lot happening over the winter, which I think we'll probably get onto in a future podcast. But the return of the county championship on Easter weekend was wonderful. Um, before we get into the action, how about we go through our teams? And Hugh, you decided on a bit of a team name differentiation this this round this season, didn't you? You went for what was it? Puns with cricketers' names. Yeah, I made it clear in our little WhatsApp group that we absolutely had to have puns on our on our team names. So um, my team names uh, kept changing with my my winter teams. Um, I started with uh, it pains me to say it. I ended up with uh, somewhere Overton the Rainbow, and then after the rainy debacle at Somerset on uh, on Thursday morning, I had to have a, a last minute change to the Good Life as Adam Live came in. Um, to open the batting, so uh, yeah, we've got we've got some more pun names. So, do you guys want to go through yours? Go on, Howard. Well, yeah, Surrey themed. I thought I'd keep it with the county I support, unlike you, who hasn't mentioned any Essex players whatsoever. There, um, it, it started off as Mighty Folks from Little Acorns Grow, but then had to get rid of Ben Folks for money, monetary purposes, which was a, a mistake in hindsight, and ended up with Land of Pope and Glory. Nice, very good, very good. And Chev, we tried to go with a bit of a Dutch theme with you, didn't we? Yeah, well, I don't really do puns, and definitely not English ones. So I that's the most of... Dutch response I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so I needed a bit of help with this one, but in the end, I actually went because I, I think I went through. I went with follow the leader first, not my uh, mind to to write down. I think I can't I can't remember. Who I have to give credit credit to probably Hugh. No, it wasn't me. I think that was it. Howard. Okay. Uh, so Paul the leader was first, but then I just, I don't know why, but I started changing the team again and, and then dropped him in the end. Um, and then ended up with Schneider in the team. Um, so I went for a Dutch name, so Howard Schneider, which means basically shut up. Uh, but then <laughs> Dutch. So unfortunately, it hasn't really given me the, uh, the... It didn't do well up until right at the end, I think. <laughs> The best were... puns are the ones you have to explain, aren't they? Yeah. Well, it's, those are the ones that you won't otherwise understand anyway. So there you go. <laughs> and not only that, you uh, you owe a, you owe a point, don't you, Marcel? 
for who? For Mr. Snater. We introduced the rule that the first first Badger player to register a duck this championship season would be would be chinning the full five, six, four milliliters. And <laughs> very quiet about it since his first innings. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> well, I was just really annoyed he was putting, I thought he was bowling 40 and this was down to this new scoring system or something that was mentioned. Um, I had not had a, I hadn't clocked that he actually had a duck uh, in his first inning. So that was a bit annoying. But um, yeah, we'll. Um, do you really take the scoring system into account when you pick your players or do you just pick the best 11 you can pick? Uh, I pick the ones that are likely to score the most. Yeah. Best players you can pick. <laughs> they don't actually uh, have to be the players. They need to score. That's fair enough. Moneyball. I went for Rain stop play um, for Ben Rain. I did have a few. I wrote a few down, actually. I had Code and Chips, um, a Lord of the Rings theme with Helm's Deep, um, post-game Curry, spelt C-U-R-R-I-E, Guinness and yeah, Bailey. Guinness and Bailey, and then sweet and salter popcorn. Um, so yeah, <laughs> some quite first... niche ones in there, Ben. Yeah, if you... <laughs> yeah. it's probably worth mentioning at this point a couple of the absolute belters that have joined the public league as well. Yeah, um, it's a good point. We've got a lovely nice segue. A couple of them doing very well early. I say nice to see. It's actually not nice to see because um, we're we want to be winning really. But natural born Villas has come in on top spot. Followed by full marks to go hard or go to grand home, which is three puns in one. Fantastic. Um, the honours as far as I'm concerned this season. John N, whoever you are, I've got a real soft spot for you for this league with that name. Raise your bat, son. Yeah. Leader in the clubhouse. Probably not surprising that those two are top of that league as well. <laughs> um, so well done to them, and I mean it probably is a bit late to join, but please do join if um if you want to if you fancy it. But there is an open league on cricket11.com, so please do join us. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, is it worth giving the name, Skipper? Of the of the, of the league? Yeah, yeah. It's called Badger, Badger Watch Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll probably put it in the description below the podcast wherever you get Lovely. yours. Um, Lovely. Yeah, and so should we? Let's go into our teams. Who we selected? Who was um, Howard? Who did you um go for this this season? Who who's opening the um Howard's team this season? So the are we doing full lineups? Um, I'll, I'll run through it quickly. So it's um it is it's quite Yorkshire heavy. Um, so the players that did well: Finley Bean, David Milan, first inning centuries. Um, had a couple of other Yorkshire players who didn't fire. Then in the bowling, I had Zach Chappell, who I think is an interesting pick. Now he's moved to Derbyshire, will be playing Div 2. And he's, I think he's been in and out of the team with injuries, but also Nottinghamshire have had quite a riches of fast bowlers to pick from. And he wasn't necessarily first choice there, but a move should see him playing some regular first-class cricket. And I had Tom Price on the bench, unfortunately. Yeah with 330 points that was quite a costly costly miss but those were my star performers from week one lovely what about yours chad um i think well my star performer was toby roland jones uh he was, also my captain. he was also my captain so that helped me basically pick up probably about a third of the points that i scored um so he was definitely good to have him back in uh i think 
Uh, I had, well, like most of you, I had Ollie Robertson as, as the, the keeper, simply because he's so cheap that it wouldn't make sense to put someone else in who uh, did well last year. Um, so, Brute Guest, even though I had him in the team for a long time last year, didn't even make the, uh, the full squad. And then uh, I also went with Ollie Pope, and that was the only reason for that was that the whole thing that happened at Taunton with them not being sure when when play was going to start. Uh, so he came in late, um, and I chucked up Bancroft, uh, who now won't really come back in because I think he was only going to be there for a few games anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, those were actually uh, not that Pope actually did much, but uh, I think overall, for as long as he's there. It, you will end up scoring points there. Um, so, yeah, and then other than that, uh, the only thing I would say, well, Shane, after uh, handing me that pint, is probably going to be either first on the chopping block, <laughs> uh, which is a bit of an issue with the name, but um, someone uh, will have to pay uh, the price for it. Um, so Shane uh, is, is likely uh, to be the first one uh, to be cut. I'm glad I don't work for you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Fire and fire culture. <laughs> what about you, Hugh? I uh, like Howard. I went quite long on the Yorkies. I had Lyth and Milan and Jordan Thompson, who all, well, Lyth the side who failed twice, but Thompson and Milan uh, scored well for me. Uh, Eddie Byram at forty six thousand yeah, dollars um, looks looks good value. Um, obviously, I had Alistair Cook. Um, Ollie Robinson, everyone's had, I think, pretty much within our group as the keeper. My biggest letdown for the week, um, Matthew Potts, as skipper, went at fives in the second innings. Uh, I think only took two in the game. Uh, I thought likely to recreate his early season heroics last year and uh, didn't look like a bowl that well. So I'd be interested to see some of the footage, see, see how, he, how he bowled. But um, I think he's got enough uh, goodwill in the bank to last another week, but the armband might disappear somewhere else. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I actually don't have Ollie Robinson as my keeper. I've got Lewis McManus. Um, my theory is that he's going to play most of the games and he's a solid player, I think. Um, who else? I have one fail this year, this week, in James Sales, the young North Ansel rounder. Quite a cheap buy. He got minus 33, which is a bit annoying. Otherwise, I have Pajara was a high scorer for me with 290. Um, and I've got Tom Price as well, so that's great. And Toby Rowland Jones. So I feel a bit bad, Spence, because when you sent your team around, you hadn't realised you'd left Tom Price as captain. And with your Gloucestershire bias, I pointed out that you had Tom Price captain, and you said, "Oh, sh- that's a mistake. Sorry, I'll change that." <laughs> I don't know who's the foxiest at work there. <laughs> I captained Roland Jones in the end, actually. Um, okay. Uh, trade up wasn't too bad of a trade up, but I did have Ben Allison as well of Essex, um, who was probably the only Essex bowler. I don't think he took a wicket, maybe he took one. Um, he didn't bowl a great deal, but he didn't bowl very bowl. much. Um, when you've got Harmer and Cook and Porter on fire, yeah, exactly. But I do have, I have Charlesworth, Ian Holland, Roderick, and Connors as my emergencies, all who did not score very mm. well. So I'm gonna, ha- I do have to think, I think I might have to think about that a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a really, really interesting first round. I've got Lois Deploy as my other batter and Ben Duckett as well. Um, so we'll see and how they go. you the foils out of the Badgers this week, Spen. I picked the what, sorry? 
you took the spoils out of the badges. You're top of the the four of us. Mm. Yeah, it's good to see after a, a blip last year, shall we call? It? Yeah, it feels good. Um, justification, I think. In, in actually, I put. I have to think. I actually put some effort into really going into choosing my team, not just because I don't know. I used to play that game Cricket Captain on the computer as well, and I basically just used to pick people I liked for us. <laughs> Actually, what a grounding! Your your CV for this podcast is spent hours of international cricket captain two thousand and one. What qualifications you have? Um, moving out of the teams then and into the round one. Who? What was the standout game? I think Hugh, you've got a few notes, haven't you, on what you thought were the standout games? Well, I mean, it's it's hard not to go straight up to Headingley with. Um, with the result there, I can imagine from a Yorkshire squad perspective, everything that's been going on in the last few weeks, there would have been a real focus on getting back on the pitch. And uh, they got back on the pitch and lost uh, lost a knee knocker to, to Leicestershire. What a final day chase that was. 390, was it? 392? So, um, remarkable game. Um, I, I In my sort of review of this, I think it's a little bit like Ipswich, a sleeping giant coming up through the divisions, beating Chelsea in Yorkshire, a team that's really in a bit of turmoil but has achieved great things in the past. Um, it's it's a huge win for Leicestershire. Well, I was sort of thinking it might be their biggest win in the last few years, but they haven't really won many games in the last few years. It's an extraordinary win when Yorkshire, in my opinion, and I'm sure others on this podcast have probably nailed on to win Div 2 this year. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because what would you say? Is it a bad loss for your... Is it more surprising that Yorkshire lost or that Leicester won? Or both? Well, they, they tried to set the game up, didn't they? It's, a, it's not even a sporting declaration. 390 on the last day um, and a little bit is... It seems seems like a, a sensible target. And I think with the bowling attack of Code, Thompson... Um, uh, and, and a couple of others uh, that aren't coming to me now, and Don Bess, you would be expecting them to be taking those 10 wickets on the last day. Yeah, Matthew Milnes is the other opening bowler. Matthew Milnes, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean... I, think was, I watched a little bit of the closing stages as well, and with about 20 to win, Yorkshire had two slips in, which <clears throat> struck me as bordering on arrogance. I don't think they would have done that in Div 1 last year against a bigger team. I think... At that point, their best hope was to try and restrict Leicestershire. I think there was eight or nine balls left in the game when Leicester won it. Try and try and get the draw. The, the chance of getting the three wickets they need in those last two overs are pretty remote. I Is that say. a points-based thing? And that there's only five points now for a draw, not eight. They think, well, stuff it. We'll go for the win. We're not going to get. They had plenty of time to get those um, to get those runs. And I, I wonder if that was a, a points-based decision. Yeah, possibly. I think that's it, it. That was a big topic of conversation, wasn't it? Before the champo started, was that the fact that for a draw you get less points, and therefore with that goes to more attacking cricket. Could be the dare I say it, the baseball effect. First one of the season. Um, you know, people are going for the win rather than the draw, uh, but it could be something from the points, I suppose, as well. Um, Speaking of the baseball effect, Rayhan Ahmed had about ten in the second innings. And they still needed about 50 or 60 with Hanscom in at the other end. And I don't know if you've seen his dismissal, but he's got out stumped trying to hit the ball into Bradford. He's he's. It's one of the most incredible swing for your lives that you'll see. It's a good bit of work from Shy Hope behind the stumps. But uh, yeah, there was clearly no intention of ever dropping anchor at the back end. 
I mean, he actually had a pretty good first innings bowling and batting, Rian Ahmed, didn't he? He got three for, went at fives, but maybe that could be expected from a leggy. And then he got 85 in his first yeah. inning. So he's obviously... First over of the game did go for 22. So it was it was real baseball, all or nothing with both bat and ball from Ahmed, I think. Yeah, I think that's why they obviously like him. But who else were the standout performers in that game specifically? Well, from a fantasy perspective, Finley Bean is dirt cheap. Um, if he's going to open the batting regularly, I think he's thirty thousand dollars. Young uh, is he young? He is twenty yeah. twenty one. Um, I think he was someone who was with Yorkshire through the junior system, got released, then went big in a couple of club games, then scored four hundred odd in the second team last year, and got a full time contract off the back of that. So possibly one to keep an eye on. Mm. Um, Milan, I think, is the class act of that side. Probably surplus to requirements by well, with England this summer. Mm. So. He's going to have a full season of Division Two cricket. I think he is going to be a, a must-have. I think what's interesting with Yorkshire as well, isn't it, is that um, Shy Hope, you mentioned keeping Jonathan Tattersall, club captain at the moment. Not didn't get didn't make the team, did he? It's an interesting signing when you've got Bairstow coming back to fitness soon as well. Who said he wants to keep? So um, maybe maybe Johnny Tattersall is is such a clubman that. He, he can see the bigger picture. I don't know. Maybe he's he's, he's more of a leader around the club. But mm. some funny going on. You know, you look at Stephen Patterson was let go at the end of last season. Um, doesn't look like all is too well at good ship Yorkshire. No. Is, is he club captain? Or would it, sorry, what do you say? I think he's club captain, isn't he, Tatterson? Oh, well, you know, so you don't necessarily have to pay for the first team. Still, you can still do a club captain. <laughs> yeah, but interesting when Bairstow comes back because, mm. I mean, Shy Hope is a, he doesn't keep for the West Indies test team, does he? Maybe that's because he bats a little bit higher. Um, but, yeah, it's just an interesting sort of observation. Mm. When, when Bairstow comes back, he said he wants to take the gloves. So imagine he comes back in, Shy Hope doesn't keep, and yeah, be interesting. Um, but is I mean, looking also, Rishi Patel got a ton second innings as well, didn't he? He's a he's at ex Essex, is he? You? He is, yeah. And I guess um, he's he's a guy that uh, probably didn't get the chances. He had a light at Essex. He had Cook and Brown, that's a well-established pair ahead of him, um, with Lawrence Wesley, who's the captain. Who, who doesn't drop himself? Um, and since then, Critchley and Rossington, it's a it's a tough top order to break into. Yeah, yeah. Um, with with what... another in Feroz Kushi, who's probably had the nod on him in the last couple of years. So it, one of those where a move's done him good. Yeah, it's really good. I think I'm really pleased to see it when those types of moves actually work out for someone. It's always really nice. Um, also, a shout out in that game to Chris Wright. He got two for first game, first innings for against Yorkshire. He then got sixty. Hundred not out. He got hundred not out. Yeah, he got, he got 60, sixty in the first 40. innings, and then he Incredible. got two wickets again, and then he got forty. Hit the winning runs. That's a pretty decent, um, pretty decent showing from. In he's had a few counties now, but yeah, that's really really good to see as well. So that's one game that stood out for us. I think so. Well done to Leicester on their their win. Any other games that stood out as as big ones? I think Hugh, you mentioned the Sussex one was a big one. Well, and again, a, a bit of an upset in a in a sense. In Sussex, have got a pretty young side, and um, Durham obviously lost Rushworth over the winter, um, but they're an established side. They've got some 
proven first-class cricketers, Lees, Beddingham, Robinson, Potts, Carson, Rain, with Kuhneman, the Aussie left-arm spinner. That mm. um, you know, these games obviously aren't played on paper, but you would, uh, I would have been pretty confident that Durham side to go down and and pick up a win against the Sussex side that over the last couple of years has struggled. But maybe you know, Paul Farbrace has gone there over the winter. Um, and he's galvanised this group of young players and they managed to get 20 wickets. So all credit to Sussex. Yeah, I think Durham as well were 200 odd for one off about 35, 40 overs on the first day of that game. They seemed to be absolutely bossing it early on, but Sussex fought back very well, which is, he says, with the, the bowling that misses an Ollie Robinson, misses Joffre Archer, they're two big guns. They they seem to do very well. Yeah. And good to see George Garton playing first class cricket again. He had long COVID, I think, that really, um, really? really struggled with fitness last year. So, fingers crossed, he's in a he's in a good place and good to see him bowling again. I saw yeah. he didn't bowl in the second innings. Is that another injury that has struck him down? It could have just been them managing his workload with his fatigue. Um, he only bowled ten in the first innings, so. Um, I, I think it's sort of these long COVID symptoms. I saw an interview with him last year where he's just he was struggling to breathe at one stage, let alone bowl. So oh, uh, long road back for him, but great to see him playing. Yeah, I think it's really good to see because I think if you were we last season, were we saying that Sussex generally were looking a little bit weaker, but was it their bowling in particular that was quite sort of non? It's, it's tough to say non-existent, isn't it? But you know, it was a weaker part of their game. Didn't. Um, didn't... Didn't Leicestershire take the seven hundred off them? Yeah, VM Mulder scored two hundred and plenty. Yeah, just a... wasn't it? They they struggled to take wickets, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So just to see them sort of, um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, I've never heard of this guy, but Nathan McAndrew um, took a five Australian. first game. Australian, okay, well that makes sense. He's That's their true. overseas steamer for the moment. Um, was it Warwickshire last year or somewhere? Yeah, it was at Warwickshire. Yeah, okay, I struggled at Warwickshire a little bit. I mean, they were obviously Sussex carried a little bit by the bat in the first innings with um, Pajara, 115. No one else really got over. Carter got 41, but no one else really troubled the scorers. But second innings, Haynes got 60. Yeah. Then that bowling attack from Durham is is good. Potts, Rain, Cast, Kuhneman. I mean, three international bowlers there. It is a really good effort. I mean, I think, like you said, he, you know, Farbrace has probably installed a bit of a sort of winning mentality, would you say, at Sussex? I think there could be quite some big things to come from them, hopefully, if they can keep this going. Um, I mentioned that we thought Sussex bowling attack wasn't terrific. Now, Howard, you didn't think that Kent's bowling attack was terrific, did you, on the WhatsApp group? What, what were your words? I can't remember the exact words, but thanks for giving me on. I think. Toothless. We'll go with toothless. Mm. Um, yeah, well, Michael Hogan, well, we, we spoke last year about how ineffective their bowling was in Div 1. They've added a 41-year-old in Michael Hogan and the rest is, is pretty much as it was. Well, they've got Jerry Everson down from Knotts, who's a an all-rounder at best, isn't he? Yeah. Um, similar bowling attack, otherwise Quinn, who... Um, is he on loan from Essex or have they signed him permanently? No, they've signed him. They signed him last year. Yeah. Grant Stewart, five overs, three for six in the first innings. <laughs> um, but then even even looking at the amount of overs they got through, so Bell Drummond got through 11 overs in the second innings, Denley six overs, leaning five overs. They had to they had to search around for their for their bowlers, but they got the job done. 
Um, I think they, they won it on the first day, really, bowling north and south for 117. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It was a bit of an under-the-radar win for uh, for Kent there, and runs for Zach Crawley. Maybe this will be his year. I don't think any of us have picked him for their fantasy teams, though, have we? Chef, is it going to be is it going to be the time that you buck the trend with your uh, with, with your cricketomics? What with the Zach Crawley? Unlikely. Well, he gets them quickly. <laughs> Want a blazer at the top, don't you? Well, you say he got them quickly. Yeah. Interestingly, I think he was sort of three and over for his ninety odd in the first innings. Um, in what looks like quite a responsible innings for someone who's often uh, labelled as being pretty irresponsible with his batting and um, sort of plays his one way, plays his big booming drives outside off. But I, without having seen in any of it, just the strike rate itself looks like it, he might have showed a little bit of restraint there on a difficult pitch. Mm, yeah, 91 off 171 at 53. So that sort of does suggest a bit of restraint mm. from Zach Crawley. But again, Zach Crawley, he got 91. He didn't get 100. It's just... It's, <laughs> It's, it's so weird how we judge people for nine-run difference, isn't it? It's, it's criminal. Yeah. Going back to toothless bowling attacks, though, um, how, how did Surrey get on on the last day? Here we go. Oh, last tough, counts, tough pitch for the bowlers. Tough yeah. pitch, yeah? With, with your inter- all-international bowling attack. All I've, Well, I think the scorecard there speaks for itself, doesn't it? Plenty of runs. I think it did a bit the first day. After that, it seemed to, well, even after the first morning, really, it seemed to flatten out and the, the batters were on top for most of the game. But there was, I think that's first v second um, from Div 1 last year. I don't think Surrey will do as well this year as they did last year. But looking at, I think, what highlights the, the need for a squad is that in this game, I've put together a little combined 11 of Surrey and Lanks of the players that weren't available for selection either through injury or IPL. It's quite white ball heavy, as you'd expect, but you can stick out Roy Salt, Jax, Sam Curran, Joss Butler, Liam Livingston in the middle order, Jamie Overton, Saki Mahmood, Reese Topley, Chris Jordan, Jimmy Anderson, and a 12th man of Tom Curran as the, as the squad from those two teams that aren't available in that game. And I think that just shows to show that the championship is as much about squad depth and being able to compete when you've not got all your big guns firing as as it, as it is who are your best players. Yeah. So do you, do you think they could have helped themselves and picked an actual spinner rather than a bat who bowls a few part-time leggies? Uh, you know, Old Trafford's always taken a bit of spin. Do you think they missed a trick leaving out Moriarty? I mean, in hindsight, you could argue that bowling... Obviously, he got, the, he got the runs and set up the game, but... He did. I mean, it, what are you, I guess you're talking about Cam Steele. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he bowled a few overs. Um, I think they'd have liked, obviously, to have Jax, who would have done that job. Um, they don't fancy Moriarty that much in first-class cricket. Only played a handful of games over the last few years. Um, yes, if you'd known you're bowling last at Old Trafford, a spinner is... Well, you do want a spinner, don't you? Um, we saw... Mm-hmm. Sam- oh, I think we lost him. Oh, we've yeah, lost I think, I think he's lounging oh. for a bit. Yeah. We'll be back, Howard. When you win the toss and bat, it would suggest that uh, would suggest that you know you're going to be bowling last. But there we are. I think what what don't forget that one steel was is still top five scoring players for the first round, uh, and he's only beaten in that series squad by Ben Folks. So maybe we should be talking about him more than anyone else. That's a good um, point. Uh, obviously, everyone was talking about basketball before. It is all kicked off, but I think 
he did two things right. One innings, he didn't care about baseball whatsoever to actually hold that innings together for Surrey and, and get a score on that board. And the second time around, he actually thought, well, may as well have a bit of fun and and try to to get uh, into that uh, second innings with uh, Lancashire, which obviously then didn't materialise in a win. But um, if anything, he is probably that all-rounder wicketkeeper that you really want to have in your squad. Yeah, yeah he needs runs early season, doesn't he? Which they're still coming back. And that was as good a statement as he could make, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think it. he's probably... I don't think there were that many England players playing, were there, in this round. Um, but I think the fact that he did, and he did that, he did very well, probably is a really, really big thing on his name. Um, I mean, please for, for Parkinson as well in that game. He got, what, five for... Didn't get picked up in the 100. Um, again, first mention of the 100 this season. But, um, yeah, I think that's a nice little sort of five for, for him, a little probably confidence builder. Um, just, just as an aside on the hundred, I don't know if anyone watch, watches Succession, but yesterday I watched the first episode of the new series of Succession, and they had some marketing people come in and pitch an idea called the hundred, and they described it as trash and gimmicky, and it really made me laugh. Um, <laughs> I, I had to share that as a as a anyone anyone listening that likes Succession, you haven't watched the new series, it's not a spoiler, but I hope you'll laugh in the same way I did. <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> So, any other games that stood out there, or was that have we sort of covered all of them? The other ones were draws, really. Apart from we've spoken about that sorry one. Uh, um, there was a win at Lords, wasn't there? Oh, there was a win at Lords. There was. was there? Yeah. <laughs> Essex blew away newly promoted Middlesex. Um, I, I put. I mean, I was lucky enough to get down on Friday to watch a bit of it, and um, I'm sure. Well, plenty of Middlesex members were blasting their their batting and the umpiring, but. The bowling was was pretty high class from Porter and Cook. They're by no means the quickest in the league, um, but they just gave nothing away. It was sort of almost that pre basball Jimmy Anderson mantra of just give them nothing and they'll make a mistake. And if you keep probing away, you'll get variation off the seam. They bowled beautifully. Um, so Jamie Porter was a little bit lost last season. Is that right? Like he sort of went under yeah. the radar. Was injured, yeah, I think he only played eight games in the end. Um, and in his own words, said he wasn't fully fit. Um, Essex have hired Mick Lewis as their bowling attack, the bowling coach, sorry, this year, who um, is, is a name from the past. He was um, sadly the, the bowler who went for 110 off his 10 overs in the world record 4-3-8 game, um, which is a stat that is always going to follow you around, sadly. Um, but um, it, well, I, I saw him at Lords. It did look like it had quite a tough paper round since then. But he's obviously doing the business. He's been working with Porter all winter. Porter flew mm-hmm. out to join him in in Melbourne, um, and uh, in an interview last week, Porter was saying how how much fitter and stronger he's feeling, and really pleased with how it's coming out, and justified with six on the first day. So um, maybe Cook and Porter, with Bracewell to come in, is an ominous sight for batting lineups across the league with uh, with Harmer to come. And from a fantasy point of view, I don't think you get much value for Harmer at 120,000 with uh, with those three seams ahead. And that's by the by. Which Bracewell are you? Doug. Okay. Formerly of Frinton on Sea Cricket Club for the real badgers out there. Shout out. Yeah. Did he go, did he go well? Yeah, I, played, I did play against him in a club game and he bowled me uh, a leave ball, a bouncer, which almost killed me. And then he blew my front pad off and my day was done by 11.01. Ooh, lovely. Did he get any runs? 
Uh, yeah, got a few. It's quite a long ball. Yeah, yeah. Two very good bowling attacks up against each other there. Essex, Porter Cook, Snater, Alison Harmer, and then um, Middlesex, Murta, Roland Jones, Higgins, Helm, Holman. I mean, interestingly, second innings for Essex, Higgins took the new ball and Tim Murta didn't. That was an interesting decision. Hugh, you said you bowled quicker than Ryan Higgins on the WhatsApp group. Is that true? I, I, I was... So surprised how gentle it was. I know it sounds so rude and I'm not quick and it was obviously laden with sarcasm, but uh, there was a period where um, on the Friday morning, Critchley really dug in hard for Essex and frankly blocked the uh, the proverbial out of it. Um, but there was a time when Murter and Higgins were bowling in tandem and it did look a bit like club cricket. They're obviously very skilled at what they're doing and I'm, I'm being deeply facetious and their records speak for themselves, but... Um, it, it 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 wasn't a spell of basball style cricket. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's a nice one for Higgins. I mean, he didn't get he bowled very economically in the first um, innings. Got seventy, and then um, got what did he get in there? So, you know, got got two for opening the bowling. I mean, it's just a nice justification for him there. You know, he's performed pretty well, hasn't he? He's gone back from Gloucestershire to Middlesex, albeit a little bit mid to end season last year. But it's probably quite a nice thing. He's contributed. He's you know, justified him going back. It's probably quite good for him that. Um, I thought he, he and Simpson batted beautifully on that Friday afternoon when your know, top order have literally been dismissed for the Audi four zeros. Yeah, four uh, zeros. Yeah, it was it, it was it was astonishing. But I thought Simpson and Higgins batted with real application and pounced on anything anything offline. And then um, I mean, again, Higgins got forty in the second innings. But yeah, I mean, it's all. I think the. The thing about Middlesex is they've got such a good top order and yet they haven't really fired for quite a long time, have they? There were a lot of collapses at Middlesex in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, Robson and Bowman are a, a pretty experienced opening pair. You've got Milan, who's scored stacks of runs in South African first-class cricket. Eskenazi, mm. who, um, who, who's been on a sort of crest of a wave the last few years. Is it, it, something's not quite worked there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a bit more white ball pedigree than... Red ball in that batting lineup, perhaps. Maybe, maybe you could say that about Holden and Eskenazi, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Um, we've talked a little bit about sort of new players, and there was a little bit of sort of movement over the winter, I think. But any any sort of standouts for us in the in the first round? Who do we think is going to sort of have a really good season? Are there any new young players that we're excited about? Of the overseas signings, I thought Hanscom to Leicestershire on paper after the season he had in Middlesex last year was perhaps a bit surprising. But he's had a brilliant year in Shield cricket and uh, looks looks like he's had a, a big hand in their first win. So I thought that was a, a really interesting one for me. Um, Cola Cadmore to Somerset will be an interesting one. I think batting at, at, at Taunton in the last few years has proved difficult. Um, so so we'll see how he gets on. Yeah, I think um, just from a Gloucestershire perspective, I think Tom Price is probably, um, he's always a one to watch, you know, a lot of the magazines and the different publications thing. So that's a nice thing to see. And I think, Howard, you, was it you mentioned, did you mention Cameron Steele as being sort of one to watch as well? I know he did really well this round. Well, but I don't, I think it was Hugh, actually, and I don't know how... Um how much chiving he was trying to do at the time, but he said he could be the standout cricketer to watch this year. So I'll let Did him... I really say that? Then questioned his, his leg breaks in the podcast. I'm just a, <laughs> a walking, talking contradiction. <laughs> I think I was probably just trying to chev him. I think you probably were. 
Um, for any new for any new listeners here, I suppose we should explain Cheving as well. And if you want to get involved on Twitter, please do give us your best experience of Cheving. But Cheving is when someone is doing very well, and then you tell the group or your friends that oh, this person looks like they're on for a hundred, and then next ball they get out. Putting um, the mockers on it. Putting the mockers on it. Commentators curse. Yeah. Common, yeah. But we call it Cheving because Chev, you you always do it in the WhatsApp group, don't you? You always say this person's doing well. Well, no, it, it started in the World Cup when England were, were doing well in games in 2019. And Chev would say, oh, they're not going to lose it from here. Don't be so ridiculous. And then there'd be a little flurry of wickets and they'd make it hard. <laughs> Particularly in the World Cup final, I seem to remember. And that's, that's where being Chevved came about. Absolutely. Well, but it, it needs to be genuine. So if you're just trying doing it for the sake of it, then that shouldn't really work. Um, mm. So that's the only only thing we did. Well, normally it's just because I'm a little bit more confident. That obviously we've talked about this before, but mm. I'm only a bit more confident about someone doing well. You've uh, obviously also got reverse cheving, so you can say how poor someone is to big them up a bit. That definitely works too. So you know, we, you can go both ways, but. Uh, no, I've been relatively quiet because I don't want to have that reputation of just ruining everyone's game every week. <laughs> um, and Howard, you decided, haven't you? You said that we what we should do is we should do a fox of the week every week. Um, and obviously, say again. I said indeed, indeed, indeed you did. We will yeah. Well, yeah, good. So for everyone out there, a fox is. Um, well, do you want to explain it, Howard? You can do it better than me. I guess a foxy behaviour is just anti-badgery. So uh, the, the antithesis of the badger is a fox. So <laughs> fox of the week could go to any of the four of us who has either had a shocker in the fantasy game, a uh, a really ropey captaincy choice, uh, shown some terrible cricketing knowledge either on the WhatsApp group or on the podcast. And it uh, I feel bad about doing this, genuinely bad, Spin, because you got up at five o'clock. But fox of the week this year is... Oh, not this year, this week, is none other than <laughs> for planning a two-week trip to Australia at the start of the championship season, being asleep when the squads are announced at 10am that first morning when he's charging down the stairs like a little kid at Christmas, and not being able to put your fancy team together, messing with our podcast recording times, and who knows whatever else. But since since deciding you were our inaugural Fox of the Week, you've topped the topped the point scoring charts and got up at five to do a podcast. So as Alan Sugar would say, with regret. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've reversed Chevden. <laughs> so can I just clarify, is this gonna be a dictatorship every week and that it's gonna be your decision, Howard? Because I'm I feel like it's got to be. There's got to be perhaps a 360 review if that's going to be the case. No, no. This is um, this is you making it sound like you didn't have a vote there, you. (laughs) Obviously, you had my vote. No, no. This will be everyone will be an equal shareholder in deciding for honourable mentions for follow Delayder though. (laughs) Yeah. Why he's gone already? Yeah. Exactly. If anyone else listening has of the week, please do tweet it in to us as well at um oh god, I'm so much more foxy, I've forgotten our Twitter handle. I'll put the Twitter handle down again anyway. Um well, we people have already Twitter, switched off. You know. Do Twitters these days, you do. I've actually got into TikTok lately. It's a rabbit <laughs> hole of all things. Are we still recording? Yeah, we are. Um 
<laughs> just a just a i'm going to do a little a quick little shout out i don't know i'm reading um oh he's a he is a uh another pod person that we probably shouldn't mention but anyway felix white's books i don't know if anyone's read that it's always cricket somewhere that is an absolute nostalgia of 1991 to present day cricket it's absolutely brilliant if anyone wants to read that um but yeah it's terrific um any other news from the badgers or is that is that a pretty comprehensive episode one season two i think that's it isn't it nothing more to add brilliant well thank you guys that was great um and as we said, please do join the league. I'll put all of the stuff in the um, in the description. So please follow links and join the Cricket Eleven League. And um, yeah, happy to have everyone on our county championship journey. We will see you next week. It's so good to be back. <laughs>